0: Coming to you live from the portable Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotic provider powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet. What are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Vic Nazar here with you from my home. Conditions, not so great. Not so great today. So I'm, uh, I'm in the traveling Kintech studio. As always, I, I like to shout out the people behind the glass putting on the show. It's Ben, Elon today. In particular, today, uh, we wouldn't be on air with the guys uh, in studio putting it all together. So, uh, shout out to them and uh, helping you stay entertained throughout the day. Of course, you can be involved with the show because we're on despite the snow. Uh <laughs> You can interact with us, 650-650, in the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at dunbarlumber.com. Uh, later today, it's, it's Canuck Central later today, overrated, underrated Wednesday, and I saw Sat tweet out, uh, working from home, overrated or underrated. Uh, guys behind the glass there, Ben and Elon, I'm assuming you guys are both uh, overrated working from home?
1: For sure overrated.
0: <laughs> look, I, I love coming to the studio. But today I looked outside and I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to make it. Oh, it's, I, it's I don't way more know fun. if it's going to happen. It's way
1: more yeah. fun in person. <laughs> the camaraderie. I get
2: to see oh, yeah, Ben. We get to talk sports in person. I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The vibes are way better in, in person. And especially, look, man, you, you, I don't think you guys were with us yet, but it's like, we did two years of shows from home i don't need to do a lot of these from home ever again but here and there you pick your spots and uh today again i'm doing it Ho- again i hope everyone's uh, staying safe with the conditions snow day imagine uh you know don't be driving on the roads but certainly enjoy the snow go sledding or something tobogganing have a snowball fight do something uh enjoy the conditions okay a lot happening in the last 24 hours uh, for the vancouver canucks and you know, we briefly touched on it yesterday with Yannick Hansen about the, the quotes from Patrick Alvine and Elias Petterson. I know the guys on Canucks Central afterwards talked about it. And it just feels like, you know, if if you're talking to Canucks fans and your friends, it just feels like the the energy every two weeks about the Elias Petterson thing torques up a little bit. And you've heard me like I'll start the show talking about Elias Petterson's contract once again. And we also the quote from Alvin And you've heard me say this many times through the course of the season and dating back to last year even, and I'll say it again to start the show today. Let's act like we've been through a superstar negotiation before. This is high leverage, extreme pressure environment stuff, right? This is a star player that a lot of people would covet to have on their team. This is not your natural contract negotiation. So, So the stakes are at the highest. And so your nerves are going to be at the highest. But again, let's act like we've been through a superstar negotiation before. It's going to get a little wild. The real leverage point isn't even yesterday, the leverage points aren't even for months from now. You're about seven weeks away from the next leverage point then the summer obviously it's gonna get crazier. If you're at a 10 to 10 already you're not gonna survive till March 8th. It's gonna get weird and it's gonna get difficult that I don't know if you'll know what places to elevate to and escalate to beyond what happened over the last 24 hours. Just just take a breath sometimes and recognize that hey this is this is a big negotiation for both parties. And in a rare moment here, the employee gets to have all the leverage. Think about your situation right now. You got a boss, company, whatever you work for. Wouldn't you love to have have all the leverage in a negotiation? And just think of how that changes the the dynamics of everything. Rather than you trying to cover a raise or a job, they're chasing you. Getting recruited is different than trying to get the raise. It's a totally different scenario here because Elias Pettersson has tons of leverage in this spot and it grows every single day as so you get to the next point here, March 8th, as you get to our filings come the summer. So it's going to be different because you know seldom do you get these negotiations where the player has so much power and he's backing it up with performance and the team is backing it up with victories. And we, you know, we touched on it yesterday with Yannick. If you missed it, we'll replay this clip because it was at the end of the interview. But uh, let, let's hear back from uh, Yannick Hansen, who joined us yesterday.
3: He's going to maximize his contract. He strikes me like that guy. Um, so he's going to make a bucket load of money. And he can see that right now with the way he's playing, the way the team is going, that he is... Uh, the longer this goes, the more money he makes right now. That, that's the way I look at it. Because um, they, they, they keep producing, he keeps producing. Um, they're going to get into the playoff and they're going to go as far as and I'm not going to say he but when, and when I say he I mean the, the core four-ish mm-hmm. how far they take them and the further they take them the more he's going to get paid um, so, so he's put himself from an individual perspective in a phenomenal position there's no question about that and you're talking about him like he's an RFA he's not an RFA he holds every single card, because if he if he doesn't like what he sees or hears from from, from Vancouver, he's gonna sign the um, the qualifying offer. It's a one year deal at ten and a half, and then he's free, and ten and a half million or him making, I don't know what he wants the, the year after that. It, it, the difference isn't that significant, and then he can he can really choose what he wants to do. So so he is. In all fairness, he's a UFA in terms of how much money he wants. Yeah, he can't switch this year, and then Vancouver can, can get him and trade him. But like I said, that qualifying offer, it's, it's, it's north of 10, and all he has to do is sign it. Done. And then he's a UFA the following year getting paid $10 million. So it's like, he, he, like I said, he's put himself in a, in a position where, where he dictates exactly what happens, when it happens, how long he wants, and how much money he wants. It's it's not up to to Vancouver. That's just the way he's played this year and the year before. Um, And again, you're at the mercy of him.
0: So, Canton yesterday here on the People Show. Now, he misspoke a bit. We ran out of time yesterday to uh, correct it, But that's the clip. I didn't want to, you know, take it out. Um, with the new AQOs are done, his qualifying offers in the high eights, not ten five, But it's 120% of the AAV. But nevertheless, like, Elias Petterson is winning the leverage battle in a significant way. And when you're, when you're in that scenario, when you get 51% of the leverage, do you stop? why would you do that? Like, when you're, when you're arm wrestling, do you shade it a bit towards your end or do you go all the way down to the table? You, you keep going. And let's review moments in time in Elias Pettersson's tenure here in Vancouver. Tried to commit long-term, didn't get the commitment. Took the team in the bubble, had, you know, modicums of success, made improvements for the organization. The team didn't reinforce that and consolidate it with investment moving forward. So moments when he's tried to commit and improve the status of the team and commit himself to the team, it wasn't reciprocated. And now you want it to flip immediately just because after 44 games, they're winning. And is 44 games enough for someone to say, you know what? I, I My plan of coming into the season of – delaying this and, and maybe play this out over the course of a season? Is 44 games enough for you to sway a plan? Yeah, they're winning, but that doesn't mean it's been enough in the context of what's already happened through the, the tenure of Elias Pedersen. So these moments are going to come up a lot between here and March 8th and early July. But I'll say it again. let's uh, Let's act like we've been through a superstar negotiation before, because every time this happens, just take a Just take a breath. Just take a breath here in this spot. Uh, Beaker from Burnaby. Uh, Petey is the proletariat. He hasn't seen the means of production. He is the means of production. That is Beaker from Burnaby. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Keep coming in with your thoughts uh, throughout the course of the show. By the way, later on in the show, expected to talk to uh, Arizona Coyotes defenseman Troy Stetcher will join us. Back in town, uh, Coyotes getting ready to play uh, the Canucks tomorrow night. I know uh, a lot of people getting ready for the uh, Toronto game already on Saturday. But tomorrow, tomorrow, we got to get through that uh, Coyotes game before we welcome the Leafs uh, in town. But uh, excited to talk to Troy Stetcher uh, coming up in a bit here on the other side of the show. Connor Levis is also will join us in the second half of the show uh, from your Vancouver Giants new acquisition who scored a goal on his first shift. Good start. Uh, so we'll talk to him in the second half of the show as well. Ben, Elon, uh, it's Wednesday, guys. So uh, let, let's dig into a couple of things here uh, for fill in the blank.
2: Big, big news in the NBA. The Spicy pea era is over in Toronto He was a UFA, they decided to move on, full trade, Siakam goes to the Pacers, the Raptors get Bruce Brown, Jordan Nuara, Kyra Lewis Jr., three first-round picks and one second-round pick. Vic trading Siakam for three first-rounders and Bruce Brown means blank for the Raptors.
0: It means it's rejuvenating for the Raptors. Uh, I'm fitting a word in there, but... Look, they, they win the championships. Siakam's yeah, a part of it. But this is Scotty Barnes' team now, okay? And you needed to turn the page on a lot of things that happen with the championship team. And this is the last one. You know, the other dominoes have fallen. Lowry's gone. Fred's gone. And you, you kind of needed to refresh this. And you have to turn it over to Scotty Barnes. Similar to, honestly, to, to what we saw here in Vancouver. Like, I've been talking about this for years that you, you needed to create the space for Hughes and Patterson to become the leaders of the team and that's what's happened here uh scotty barnes you know i i lost in the big rant from darko last week was scotty barnes is going to be a face of this league i really really agree with that and he he can be a sublime talent and you needed to wash away the previous regime to get to what the next phase of the raptors is going to be what do you guys do you guys like the deal
1: I like it personally, but I like it for, from both sides of, of the trade. Like I think Indiana has catapulted themselves into serious contention now in the East. Like They have a formidable duo in Pascal Siakam and Tyrese Halliburton. I can completely see why they did this. They still have Miles Turner. They have Buddy Healed for shooting. So it makes sense for them, even though Siakam's a UFA this summer. From the Raptors' perspective, Elon and I were kind of talking about it a little bit, just where does that leave them like these picks aren't high-end picks and i know that we on the station often talk about draft picks and the value of a pick mm-hmm. there's only two rounds of a draft in the nba these picks are going to come in around the 20th mark maybe the 30 towards the 30 mark of an overall pick and is there actually going to be talent there that helps the raptors in the long term
2: right so we got to ask ourselves you know what does this really mean for the raps going forward they moved on from their core, but they're starting again. They have some draft capital finally. And they got some good guys for the young core. Emmanuel quickly in the Knicks trade. He's 24. RJ's 23. Scotty's only 22, and he's shown how much he's already developed this season. Grady Dick's only 20. You know, we haven't seen much from him. But getting these picks, Pacers first rounder, that's going to be mid-20s. OKC Clippers first rounder, that's going to be mid to late 20s. Then they get the Pistons second rounder, that's going to be in the 30s range, they got a Spurs top six protected. So me and Ben were kind of talking about they can either finish bottom six in the league and get a top pick and build around this core, or they kind of stay in the mushy middle like we always talk about the Canucks, and yeah. they got a hit on their draft picks if that's the case.
0: All right, let me put it to you. I'll pitch this back to you guys because because Masai, you know, I, I like Masai, right? And... You know, last year didn't go so well with the trade deadline. This year seems better. But, you know, first round picks are just currency, right? Like, just ammo. So as much as you talk about, okay, who are you going to pick at 26, can't you just weaponize these and go get someone that fits for you at a better timeline? Like, Siakam's, we're talking about someone who's going to be in his 30s here. Mm Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better served to use these picks to go get someone that fits this timeline right now that you have?
1: Well, it just is exactly that, pick because these picks kind of leave you in this no-man's land. If you look at the Raptors roster heading into next year, yeah, they're a potential playoff team, maybe play in a play-in game, but they're not going to be a contender. No one's actually going to take them seriously to win a championship. So if your goal is to actually be a perennial force in the East, you're going to have to go get a solid... All star talent player. And now you have an arsenal of picks to try and do that, to try and get that for yourself. And so I'm on the team of use these to leverage to go get a proven player, to go get a star, to pair up with Scotty Barnes. Because I don't think that right now Scotty Barnes can be the best player on a best team. I think he'd be an awesome 1B option. But if you're going to try to draft these guys in the mid 20s and just hope for the best, that they're going to work out, then you're just lining yourself up to. Be knocked out in the first round, you're not better than Philly or Boston or Milwaukee, so you're not going to have home court advantage in the first round. You're probably going to lose to one of these teams. So, I think the Raptors now have to look at themselves and say, What are we trying to accomplish here? Are we just trying to get into the playoffs, or are we trying to make another run? And us knowing what Masai's done in the past, he's all in on winning. This guy wants to win and he wants to win championships.
2: Very good middle to late first round drafter as well. He's hit on OG, he's hit on Pascal. He's hit on Fred. DeLon Wright was a good piece. So I trust Masai to leverage these picks, whether that be in a trade or to get some late-round steals as well.
0: Hey, Ben, do you not think that Scotty can't be a 1 next year or just in general?
1: I don't think we've seen enough for me to be able to definitively say he can be a 1 on a championship-level caliber team. Now, that's a pretty high bar, though, because... Oh, no, yeah, of course. How many guys in the league can we actually say are that? There's probably less than 10. Um, what about a 1B if they got a
2: 1A? Sure. He like, could I, be a 1B, absolutely. I look at
1: what Siakam was in 2019 when we when the Raptors had Kawhi. Siakam was a 20-point-per-game player. That's fantastic, right? And he had Lowry. But you had Kawhi Leonard. You had a top-five player in the NBA. And in, in basketball, unlike hockey, it kind of takes that top-end player to push you over the edge. Hockey, you need depth. You need a lot of things to go your way. Basketball is just kind of like, if you have six guys, seven guys that can really play well together and you have a top guy in the playoffs you can hand the ball to and say, go get me a bucket. That's how what it takes to win a championship. And I'm not sure Scotty's at the part right now where you can really give him the keys and just say, you're going to take us to the promised land. Like You can go get us a bucket anytime we need when offenses get kind of stagnant in the postseason.
0: Yeah, it's only year three for him, right? Like, I, I do think it takes, like, six years. It exactly. does take six, seven years, right, for a guy. I, I just I, – I'm not I'm not putting the, the the stake on him for next year. Be like, hey, you have to go be the 1A and be the guy that takes – like, I do think this is going to be a bit of a progress here um, and a, a process here for Scotty Barnes. But certainly, like, the evolution steps to me are being taken. Like, his his, his points are obviously up this year. And he does have, like, the style of play where he's not ball-dominant. Like, I actually really just like non-ball-dominant guys that are willing to share the ball a bit. And for what we've seen the Raptors have success in, in the past and maybe it bleeds into what the future is. I, I like the idea of what Scotty can be in two, three years. I, I I'm not looking at this as like you gotta solve this problem for next year and get back into it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at what the future of Scotty Barnes can be. And certainly Siakam probably wasn't in the equation, but this to me is still about the growth of Scotty Barnes and, and what it looks like when he's twenty five.
2: Yeah, and Bick, me, myself, I'm so high on Scotty. Me and Ben were kind of talking. I'm a little higher on Scotty than Ben is. I just, his development this year and his three-point shot, I kind of compared him to a little, like a very, very toddler Giannis, where he's got kind of some of those aspects on defense. He can handle the ball, but he kind of needs a Chris Middleton if you want to make it to the finals, right? Someone mm-hmm. that can hit the shots down the stretch in the playoffs, another guy that can defend. And I do like their core. They added RJ. They added quickly. They need another big man and another wing, but I think it is possible, and I, I'm a fan of this trade.
1: Or a Dame yeah. Lillard. You know, that's a good piece to go with. A guy <laughs> like that, too. Dame Lillard wouldn't yeah. definitely hurt the Raptors.
0: A, yeah, let's just go get the guy who's uh, closing out games and closing out series all the time. But again, it, 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 it'd it be like the next Dame Lillard, right? Not the current Dame Lillard. Because you probably want someone that's, like, between 24 and 27,
1: Exactly. And I think maybe that takes a couple seasons to see like what matriculates and what comes to fruition in terms of who takes a step forward in the NBA. But also, Elon raised an excellent point earlier where he said uh, when we were having this conversation that maybe being a playoff team for the next little bit for the Raptors is just a good thing to put Scotty in a position to play in some meaningful postseason games, to put this roster, RJ Baer and Emmanuel Quickly, in meaningful postseason games that they might not win a series, but they're getting experience And then you can start to build and add pieces to that, which is kind of what the Raptors did to win their previous championship. We all know about how they kept losing to LeBron. We all know about that game seven where they lost to Brooklyn, but these were all series and moments that kind of helped them get to a style where that when they added that superstar player, they knew how to play in those big games and it pushed them over the edge.
0: I, I like this. I I thought it was a good step forward for uh, the the Raptors uh, to to try to figure out kind of what the next wave is. Because I've always, I you know me personally, like I I like Pascal Siakam. Like he's a quirky, fun player, and I like different. I, I hate like cookie cutter athletes. He's different, but I I always felt the fit of him being kind of the primary guy was never. It, it felt like it took away from his edge, and I like that he was this kind of this um, chess piece type player that. It, it was difficult to kind of figure out when you can match him up against the other team's third best player.
2: right and if the Raptors wanted to keep Pascal around he would have loved to stay but a five-year max you know a guy going into his 30s that's not ideal and I kind of like that they're going the younger route and building around a 22 year old Scotty Barnes that is so fun to watch. Uh,
0: 650 650 keep going with your thoughts uh, basketball Phil you, you draft Bronny James with one of these picks and then you get LeBron.
1: LeBronto returns.
0: That would that'd be rough. For him to be like, Yeah, LeBronto, I'm I'm taking over. Do you want an
1: age forty uh LeBron oh, yes. James? If LeBron James came to the Raptors, I think yeah, uh fun. I yeah, think a lot fun. of people would be on board with that move. And hey, it's I think Bronny's projected to go somewhere around the thirtieth pick right now, so this could be a situation the Raptors find themselves Do you
0: actually in. think he's going to go around the 30s? Like Someone's going to take a chance
2: way Someone will here. take him just because of LeBron, yeah. but he has not looked good at USC. I've watched a few of his he's games. He's not playing
1: very well. We've definitely watched a few of his games, and he is not living up to maybe the, the hype everyone expected or wanted to see. But the fact remains that if he gets drafted to a team, there's a significant chance LeBron says, I want to go play with my son, and makes that happen.
0: Yeah, the hype is uh, go be better than the, at worst case scenario, second best player of all time. Like The hype was going to be difficult for Bronny James to uh, match at uh, the college level. Keep coming with your thoughts. 650-650 uh, about anything that we've touched on here so far. Uh, do we have more for fill in the blank?
2: Yeah, oh, so just go. kind of your personal opinion, Vic. I feel blank about the Raptors moving forward now.
0: Uh, I feel, uh, ooh, that's a good one. Marginally better. Because at least they were proactive, right? This year. Like, that was the issue. That It was almost stagnant here the last couple of years. Now at least this is, you can kind of see where this is going. Uh, RJ is a nice inclusion. And again, just fits the the age range as well. Uh, alongside uh, Scotty. So, it, it, in, in the past three weeks here It just feels like there's actually Progress on where this team is going uh, For you guys
1: Yeah I mean I'm, I'm Very pleased with I think the direction of I think it was the right move because you have a UFA coming up And you just can't take the risk of what happened to Fred last year, he left, you got nothing So They obviously learned from their mistake If you want to call it that then And you look at you know what they've got for OG and Siakam quickly Barrett three first round picks Bruce Brown it's a pretty good haul it's pretty impressive on my size part and it makes you think you know what if they had traded Fred last year you know what else could there have been but that's hindsight being 2020 they learned from that mistake and they didn't want to take a risk of either bringing a guy on a max contract into his 30s or losing him for an absurd amount of money somewhere else that the Raptors if they didn't want to pay him the max
2: yeah, I feel a bit rejuvenated myself. You know, the Raptors have had the same team for a while, and even though they're they're not gonna be successful this season, Darko's passion, watching quick and RJ and Scotty on the court together, it's kind of exciting. I mean, they're not gonna make the they might make a plan, but for next year, I think get these guys gelling together, get some chemistry going. Darko looks good and get a couple draft picks. I'm feeling excited.
0: Uh, all right, that's fill in the blank. We'll get to some of your thoughts on the other side. Uh, Troy Thatcher will also join us as well uh, coming up here. Arizona Coyotes defenseman playing tomorrow. He's next on The People Show, home of the Canucks Sports Stand, 650.